Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a message from our sponsors, MoneyHub. MoneyHub is on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their financial data and improve their financial wellness. Winners of Best Open Finance Innovation at last year's Open Bank Expo Awards, MoneyHub provides a central place to see all your accounts and assets in one place so you can see exactly what's going in and out of your account. With the widest range of connections available in the UK, you can connect to your current accounts, credit cards, investments, pensions, savings, mortgages, and loans with ease. This gives you visibility across your entire financial universe. Once connected, MoneyHub will break down money management into simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, see how your investments are performing, and set yourself personal spending goals. If you are a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations via Zoopla. Or if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian to give your credit score a boost. To get started, download the app and sign up to your free six-month trial with no automatic renewals. So you can choose if you want to continue after the trial is out. With Money Hub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting savings, or monitoring your investments. Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. Download the app today on the Apple Store or Google Play. I will leave a link in the show notes. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Conversation of Money podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm sure that you can guess what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. Um, I want to be in a position where this podcast is useful from a practical point of view to help every single one of you uh, make informed financial decisions. And the occurrences over the last week or so certainly will have an impact on us when it comes to our finances. We are going to be squeezed. And I guess if anything, 2022 will be the year of the squeeze. 2020, 2020, 2021 were COVID years. Now it's something else. Um, but this is an important topic for us to cover because um, we talk about investing here. We don't want escalation in the situation. But frankly, if it does get escalated, money is going to be the last of our problems here. So look, if you've been living underneath a rock over the last week or so and you haven't heard you probably woke up was it tuesday th- this last week putin's invaded ukraine no provocation no nothing and when you think about ukraine and russia they're so closely aligned when it comes to culture language and and so many other aspects they just seem to be two nations that have grown apart when it comes to their politics i mean one's communist one is more Western in their views and their approach. And they want a democratic society. They live in a democratic democratic society. Now, the reasons for the war, there's lots of conversations happening out there at the moment. I, I think it's sad that we've got to this point. And I think it's there are there is a teachable moment in here for sure. But from a from Russian's point of view, he doesn't want NATO on their doorstep if Ukraine were to join NATO. And obviously, they've been very, very clear in the fact that they want a guarantee of security. And I think that that is a basic requirement that you can't really deprive someone of having or a nation of having, particularly when you look back to 1994, where they gave up all of their nuclear arsenal in exchange for an agreement to say, look, if we are provoked or attacked, we want 
a response support from Russia, UK, US. We now find ourselves in this position where Russia is the aggressor, the UK and the US are, are they're turning up to the aid of Ukraine, but not in the way of boots on the ground because Ukraine is not part of Russia. We're sending defensive equipment to help them. Not the ideal picture, I would, I would assume, the Ukrainians in 1994 would have envisioned. And so this leads us to this situation now where you have a country that wants a guarantee of security, which I don't think should ever be um, declined. They shouldn't be deprived of that of that choice or that um, that willingness or want to have that guarantee, the option to join NATO. And on the other hand, you have Russia saying, I do not want NATO on my doorstep, obviously, because there's a long history around that. So he invades and this past week has been, it's, I, I don't even have any words. I've done a couple of, of, of lives on YouTube. And if you haven't watched those, maybe go, go and watch those. But it's, it's, uh, it, it's been a struggle for me to, to wake up and think, okay, there's war in Europe. Like it's Europe for goodness sake. Like over the years, all of the treaties, all of the 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 political mechanisms that are being put in place, international law to prevent us from getting to this point. But now we are here. Now the genie is out of the bottle. And the response from the West, I guess, is what even today, this is Sunday recording this, you're going to hear this on Monday, has now provoked Putin to put nuclear weapons on high alert. I mean, I it you can't really like fit you it's unfathomable you you go, invade a sovereign country you expect the west to stand by do nothing the west imposes sanctions because that's the only thing that we can do without literally starting world war 3 because of the whole nato situation and because there are heavy sanctions the next jump is to nuclear weapons. It's, I can't, it doesn't compute for me. It's absolutely bamboozling. It really, really is. But anyway, I want to talk about some of the things that will potentially cause us some financial pain a bit later on. And this past week has been interesting watching, you know, the likes of Germany, Hungary, Italy, Germany in particular, around the sanctions. I mean, they were quick off the bat to... Um, to unapprove unofficially the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Now, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline is an important piece of infrastructure because Germany currently depends on Russia for about 40 to 50% of their energy usage. The UK, I think we have about a 3% dependency. But the whole European bloc is heavily dependent on Russia for energy. That's gas. That's oil. And the fear, I guess, for someone like Germany that has such a massive dependency on Russia is if we go along with sanctions that are going to hurt Russia, we also need to be mindful of what the impact is going to be for our local economy. And SWIFT is a prime example of that. So 
it came out today or yesterday, I should say, which was Saturday, that after a little bit of deliberation, all of the countries within the EU kind of got on the same page and decided, right, amongst all the other sanctions that we've that we've levied against Russia, not all of which take immediate effect, we are all going to be on the same page and ban Russia from SWIFT. Now, SWIFT is basically like an international payment system. It stands for Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications. So, in other words, it's kind of like uh, it's like a, a Slack channel, right, for international payments. And you've probably come across this if you tr ever try to send money abroad. They would ask you for a, for a SWIFT code, right? So the SWIFT code is an identifier. It tells basically a bank that money is coming from X person in the UK going to X account in Moldova, for example. And these are the reference numbers. So it allows you to, number one, record the payment. And it also allows you to track the payment to completion as well. In all honesty, it's an archaic system. It's been around for years and years and years, but it is the dominant payment system that the world basically uses. Now, what they've decided to do, which is a really big deal, is basically cut off a lot of the major banks, not all of them, a lot of the major banks in Russia from this system. Now, analysts are saying that this is going to essentially tank the rubles, which is the Russian currency, and also will have... An impact on the economy as well because if you are on imagine you don't have a bank account and you wanted to buy things right and the only way you can buy things is via a bank account you can't use cash it has to be via a bank account this is kind of what they've basically done cutting russia off from the swift payment now that doesn't mean that there aren't ways around it there are ways around it but this is a pretty big deal now, I did a live on YouTube on Thursday, literally right off the back of, you know, the initial sanctions that went in and the Moex, which is the Russian stock market, was down like 30 odd percent. It will be interesting to see what those numbers look like today on Monday, because this will have an impact on the Russian economy. Now, over the last six to 12 months, apparently Russia have been building uh, a buffer, like a, a war chest. They've been building up reserves to the tune of around about $650 billion. Now, this invasion apparently is costing something like $15 billion a day. Now, the whole point of the SWIFT is to basically try and cut off the funding so that if they are selling gas, if they are selling oil, and we will come back to this in a moment because it's very, very interesting, they will not have a method or a means to complete financial transactions, which basically starves them of cash flow, which basically starves the economy of cash and potentially the war effort of cash as well. But interestingly enough, remember I mentioned Germany, 40%, 50% dependency on energy from Russia. Today is Monday and they will complete, allegedly, a purchase of energy from Russia for, to the tune, well, the European bloc will apparently complete a transaction today, Monday, from Russia for $600 million. And that, by the way, is going to be completed via SWIFT, which is why you're having so many people, if you're paying attention to this, saying, well, you've said this, but actually it's ineffective for this reason. And it's, it's very, very strange because at the end of the day, with what's going on right now, that yes, people will argue that there are bigger things at stake, but ultimately, every single company within the European Union, within the bloc, within NATO, taking action, 
basically levying all of these sanctions also have to think about the domestic economy. And that's where we get into a sticky wicket. Because if Russia were to say, for example, you know what, Germany, thank you very much. You've number one shut down Nord Stream 2. So we don't know whether that we don't that's been disapproved until further notice. You've now got on board with cutting us off from the from the global financial system and said, okay, you know what, we're going to turn off our energy taps now. All of a sudden, energy prices in Germany soar through the roof. Now, there are conversations being had around actually where you could go to liquid gas, which needs to come from Doha and some other countries. United States can also produce liquid gas, but it's extremely expensive. So the rub comes in to, if it impacts the economy, energy prices get more expensive. Who suffers from that? The people suffer, you and I. Now, I don't know what the inflation numbers are in, in, in Europe. I've not been tracking those, but I do know what the, the inflation numbers here are in the UK, and I know what the numbers look like in the US. And if you've been paying attention to the podcast, we've touched on this already. We've spoken about this a number of times. Back in October, we were thinking that inflation was going to be around about 5% when we got to April. Guess what? We were at 5% already at the last take of inflation. The United States is at 7.47.5%. 7.5%. It is nuts. It's crazy. And this is before all of this stuff with Russia even kicked off in the first place. This is a cherry on top of a very, very ugly, nasty tasting cake. And the reason why we should all be prepared, and this is really what I want to get to in this episode, is now more than ever, I've spoken about taking care of the basic stuff, having the basic stuff like locked down, like really, really on top of the basic stuff. Now we need to, because the rumors are that we are going to be at 8% inflation by the time we hit April. That was prior to all of this kicking off. I would not be I would not be surprised if we end up having inflation at eight and a half, nine percent come April. That means that the cost of gas, the cost of electric, which have which have already gone up in this country, will go up even more. The cost of fuel will go up even more. Potentially, the cost of food will go up even more. We are not even talking about the fact that you know Russia is a massive country. They export a lot of stuff. They can have huge impacts if they decide, you know what, I don't want to play game anymore. We're just going to shut down. For example, you know, the car industry, they are one of the biggest suppliers of steel for the, for the automotive industry. It's, the, it's Russia against NATO, which is 30 countries, the Western world, really. So where this actually goes and the escalation points are very, very important. But we need to make sure that now more than ever, we are paying attention to our finances because we are going to feel the pinch. Come April, the inflation numbers are going to be higher than we previously expected. And what that basically means is that monetary policy needs to change accordingly as well. What do I mean by that? Interest rate hikes, the program that has been, I don't know, pushed out there, signposted by the central banks, both here and in the US, will change. And if they don't, I will be absolutely shocked. This is a nightmare for people like Jerome Powell, and for people like Andrew Bailey, because it's all about making sure that you're able to pull levers to ensure that the economy isn't impacted in, neg in a negative fashion for the steps that we're taking at the moment to support countries like Ukraine. Now, that isn't to say that we should be introspective and just be like, oh, they can fight their own battles. We're over here. We're completely fine. We're an island surrounded by water. What's going to happen? 
because I think that's a very dangerous mindset and many people will disagree with me, but this could come knocking at our door. The first place it's going to come knock at our door is in our, is in our pockets, essentially. Prices will go up. Interest rates will go up. So again, I talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast. With interest rates due to go up and inflation set to soar, and the counter lever to, in, to soar in inflation is interest rates, if you are not in a fixed rate mortgage right now, now would be a time to have a look at it. Seriously, have a look at it. Because we don't know whether the interest rates are going to be more sh more acute. We know that the last time that the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee met, it was by a narrow margin that they didn't increase the interest rates by oh, more than 0.25%. There were a lot of people in the MPC, the Monetary Policy Committee, who wanted to have a steeper increase in the interest rates. This is just going to make that conversation even more compelling, that choice to increase more than a quarter of a percent. And what that basically means is, obviously, when the bank rate goes up, the mortgage rate goes up. You will see some, some uh, changes in the savings rate, probably not at the same level. But mortgages, debt, that's where you're going to get hurt because that's going to cost you monthly income. So going back to the basics, your budget, you need to make sure you're on top of your budget right now. Really on top of your budget right now. The best thing you could do, sit down with the last three to six months worth of, of statements. Really try to understand where your money is going. Prioritize your essentials. The rent, the mortgage, the gas, the electric, fuel, food. Prioritize those things first. You can make cuts everywhere else. Every penny is going to count here now. It really, really is. The other thing that's worthwhile doing, if you do have an emergency fund, you need to reassess that. Because guess what? If your emergency fund is a multiple of your monthly expenses and, and, and gas and electric and all that is going up, internet costs are going up, you need to adjust your emergency fund accordingly as well. These are basic things. Debt. Debt. If you can avoid it, try to avoid it. Now is it's all about being being financially savvy enough to know how you're going to control and be efficient with the money you have coming in and trying to reduce the outgoings as much as possible. And yes, it might be painful, but it will only be short-lived, hopefully. I mean, the scary thing about this whole situation with Russia is this could be a very protracted conflict because credit to the guys in Ukraine and, and, and just watching some of the videos, I, 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 I thought about it on Wednesday. I just thought about, you know, what would it feel like if that actually happened here? You know, men are being constricted now. They can't leave the country. They have to fight for their country. There's a, I posted on Instagram day before yesterday, a 21 year old on a bridge all by himself defending a bridge against tanks potentially coming down the road. They were already in his, in his village and he'd volunteered because he wanted to keep his parents safe. What would that feel like if that were on our doorstep right now? In the scheme of things, you know, money doesn't really matter when we start talking about that human level experience as we are right now. But at the same time, this could be a very protracted conflict because the Ukrainians are not going to give up. And one thing that, you know, if you've been watching Zelensky and my God, that guy's a hero, 
they are not going to give up. And and I guess the the Western sensibilities and the fact that they want democracy, it it screams through. It really, really, really does. And if this is a protracted conflict, what does that do for the markets? This isn't a war that's in the Middle East. This is in Europe. This is this is in Europe. This isn't, you know, a thousand miles from us. This is in Europe. And so this moment is, I guess, the pivotal point. And again, I don't know how we got here. Maybe there were lessons if we could go back, maybe get NATO and the West to listen a little bit more to Russia. Maybe we wouldn't be here, but we are here now. The genie's out of the box. We don't know what's going to come down the track in the next few months, next few weeks, next few days. But because this podcast is about finances, we need to tighten our belts. And I just wanted to, you know, give you as much as I could on this episode to hopefully help you. This is going to be relatively short. Um, I'll be watching the news very, 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 very closely. Um, and I'm sure that you will as well. But I think I've got I've got people in Poland and the fear is that if it doesn't stop with you, you, Ukraine, because Ukraine is rich in resources, rich in resources. The capture of Ukraine also gives Putin control over resources, which potentially gives him more power in terms of the, the dependence of other nations on him. Yes, he's got quite a lot of nuclear weapons, as does NATO, but if he decided that he was going to cross other red lines, step foot into Poland, which is where my partner's family are from, then what does that actually mean? Because an attack on one NATO member is an attack on all of them. We all, we all go to war at that point. Is he mad enough to do it? Judge, judging by the fact that he's put his nuclear arsenal on high alert as a byproduct of economic sanctions, may tell you that he's even madder than we think he is. But who's to know? The genie is out the bottle now. But guys, financially, please be prepared for a pinch. It is going to get painful. Inflation is going to go up. The cost of things is going to go up. You need to be prepared for that. Ideally, you want to avoid accessing debt. It will be more expensive to access these kind of things. If you're in a mortgage, please try and get into a fixed rate mortgage. Speak to a mortgage advisor. But take care of the pennies. They will take care of the pounds. In other words, take care of the small stuff. The small stuff will take care of the big stuff. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it was helpful. Um, have an amazing week, whatever you do. Catch you later on. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.